0: Colonel Kazim carries Sanam into his house and lays her down on his bed. He carefully wraps a thick blanket over her and then sits down in a chair some distance away. Soon after, his wife, Mariam, enters, immediately taking note of Sanam.
1: Kazim, who is in your bed?
2: Something terrible has happened to her.
1: Her? Who is her? Have you told the police?
2: The police are not to be spoken of at times like this. Why? I have brought an Armenian home.
1: You've brought a young woman home.
2: Pipe down, woman.
1: Are you going to take a new bride?
2: She's like our daughter, Miriam.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this daughter doing in your bed? Is this daughter going to live here?
2: No, uh, she's going to go back next door where the gendarmes could uh, beat her, kill her, rape her. Colonel Kazim delicately
0: pulls the blanket off of Sanam. Miriam gasps when she sees the state Sanam is in. Miriam stands back aghast for a moment, staring down at Sanam. She quickly softens and is reminded of her her own children. She sinks onto the bed next to Sanam and tenderly runs her fingers through her hair, while gently whispering kind words.
1: Allah.
2: Allah has gone to fly, Kite. Uh, Look what they did to her.
1: You didn't hear me, did you, sweet girl? If you did, ignore it. Just ignore what you heard from my mouth. I blabber, my dear, you know that.
3: Auntie Miriam?
1: My womb turned stubborn twenty-five years ago, right after Rahim's birth. Now Rahim is gone forever, and I cannot give my husband another Rahim. A woman who doesn't bear children is like a tree that doesn't bear fruit. Neither is worth keeping.
2: Have I not kept you?
1: Do you hear how he talks about me? I don't have much of a say in my marriage.
2: (laughs) So she blabbers.
1: A man is driven by three things. Greed, hunger, and lust. And he'll do anything to get them. Look how he made me blabber.
2: She blabbers. but She's a good woman.
1: I don't mean any trouble for you. For trouble? I have him. You need to rest. I will send the servant to bring my lady doctor friend to come and see you. Thank you, but I can go home now.
2: I didn't bring you here to let you go.
1: He wants to keep you.
2: Your house is under watch, Sanam. Why? Because your your father fled, and he was a rich man.
1: Payback time, my dear. Turks are after rich Armenians. And I don't know where my mother is.
2: If she's alive, she will return.
1: And since she is not, she is either in a prison or dead. Please don't say that. If she's in prison, Kazim can find out. But if she is dead, she will be in a mass grave. The Gendams killed Zorab. Your Armenian lover? Yes. Is this the time to talk about a lover? We were to be married. I'm sorry, but at least you won't be called a widow. I'm carrying his child. I'm sad you're carrying his child.
2: Anything happy makes her sad.
1: Only an unwed mother would know what an unwed mother's life will be in this country.
2: Are you mocking me?
1: What do you know about being an unwed mother, huh? She is listening. Doesn't she know what she's done? She's pregnant, she is unwed, and she is announcing it. Did I say anything worse than that?
0: Miriam pulls Kazim aside
2: and whispers,
1: "My nephew needs a housekeeper."
2: Your nephew
1: is an idiot. He needs a rich girl with generous breeding skills.
2: Well, Sanam's a good girl. Not fit for your nephew.
1: She's fit for any man who would take an unwed pregnant woman. I recommend her for my nephew.
2: I did not rescue her for your nephew.
1: She needs to get married before her pregnancy shows.
2: Let me worry about that.
1: Do you know what will happen to an unwed pregnant Armenian woman whose family has died or fled?
2: Miriam, think before opening your mouth.
3: Sinam, what does it do? In seven months. Drop it.
2: Are you mad,
1: woman? If you are unwed and the man who is to be your husband is dead, you're nobody. And you have nothing. Will you bring a child into such a world? The baby is in my belly. Yes. But who will it call Papa? What will be its family name? I have a family name. Not anymore. Not if Kazim decides to bring you into our family. What?
3: how will it live in this house with your family name the baby is mine ours mine and zorab's the baby is all i have left of him of my family forget your family and think this baby will
1: have nothing to do with you it will have nothing to do with your family or with your lover's family and even if you don't want to hear it will have nothing to do with your life don't say that i'm not a heartless woman. But your belly has a blemish that Zorab gave you. And now you have to deal with that alone. You have to forget this child. A mother can never forget her child. I know.
3: I'm also a mother. But what will people say? No matter what anyone says, I feel it. I feel Zorab. Zorab and I live in the body of this baby together. It is our home. What will you do when someone says it is a child of a dead sinner? Zorab
1: was not a sinner.
2: Sin doesn't come from the dead. It comes from the living. Like you, Miriam.
1: Or like you.
2: If you want this baby, it will be looked after. But we have a new problem. I received orders to rid Turkey of all Armenians.
1: If he defies them... They'll get rid of him.
2: Turks can marry Armenians or kill them.
1: As if the two are different things.
2: But cannot give them refuge.
3: I have become a refugee in my own country. And you are going to bring an Armenian baby into the world. I'd like to go to Zorab's house. Because of what I said. Because I would have been the daughter-in-law in their house. Are you sure you want to go? They must be looking for me.
2: I will go and talk to his family.
3: I'll come with you. You
2: can't be seen outside. The road is lined with bodies stripped bare and there are gangs still looking to torture someone. I will go alone and see what they say.
3: Thank you. But why are you acting like something is not right?
2: I, uh, I sent Zorab's father to prison. I signed the arrest warrant.
3: Why is he in prison?
2: He secretly shipped property abroad.
3: It was his property?
2: Not anymore.
3: Before the Axor.
1: Armenian meant someone with property, and Turk meant
3: without. Now it's time for revenge.
2: Oh, you hush. Now Zorab's mother is under watch.
3: I'm carrying her son's baby, blood of her blood. What if
2: she blames you for Zorab's death?
3: She knows Zorab would do anything for me. That is why she may not forgive you.
0: Colonel Kazim leaves with a sort of sudden unexpectedness, especially given his keen attentiveness to Sanam. Miriam places a hand against Sanam's back and helps lower Sanam into the bed. She puts a wet cloth on Sanam's forehead and strokes her hair.
1: A son's death affects a mother in strange ways. Let Kazim find that out. In the meantime, let me offer you my hospitality. I will settle you in here. Wash, change... I will make a warm cup of soup for you. You'll live here as long as you obey my laws.
3: Law is what we need in
1: this country. My first law, you will do nothing without consulting me. My second law, you will not keep secrets from me. And my third law, you'll follow laws one and two.
3: Whatever you say.
1: I will give you Rahim's room. He was killed by the Armenians.
3: Oh my god armenians are killing too the postman
1: delivered a typed letter from the army it said personal on the outside but you know a typed letter from the army is never personal it's a public declaration of death the letter said my son died a hero's death rahim was no hero He was a feeble boy, he failed the army test on purpose to avoid recruitment, but they recruited him anyway. So he could kill, now he is dead. The army is telling us that our feeble son was an exemplary soldier.
3: I'm very sorry. At my age
1: I don't know what to do when my only child dies before me. I'm left with no one to love. Except Kazim.
3: And I know how you feel about him. There you go. But why are you giving me Rahim's room? Why don't you give me the maidservant's room? Aren't we
1: taking you as our daughter?
3: I want Kazim to treat you as a daughter,
1: not as a maidservant. I know how he treated the maidservant.
3: Her bed is still warm from the body of a real person sleeping in it. I'm trying to save you. Better do what I ask you. Trust me.
0: Colonel Kazim returns to the bedroom, knocking on the door before slightly cracking
2: it open. Snom rushes to him.
3: What did she say?
2: Well, my child, you can stay here as long as you wish.
3: What did Zorab's mother say?
2: She is not to be spoken with. Not for someone like you.
3: What do you mean? I know what she said.
2: Try to erase any memories you have of Zorab
3: she won't accept me
2: she hates you
3: she told you
2: she told me to tell you only that if it were not for you zorab would be alive
3: maybe it was my fault you are a true woman you assume faults and feel guilty maybe when she sees me she will change her mind maybe the baby will look like zorab she said
2: she will never see you or the baby
3: no to tell you the truth, she is
1: not abandoning you for Zorab's death, but because you are... disgraced. I'm not disgraced? Raped. By another race. Zorab said I was pure. Let me put it bluntly. We are talking about Zorab's Armenian mother who always hated Turks. But Zorab was
3: calling my name as he was cut down.
2: My child, I went to see his mother. I insisted I saved you from the rapist. She said... How can a Turk save an Armenian?
1: Armenians have always suspected us. Now a mother does not recognize another mother's agony.
2: She said a girl violated by Turks is polluted and ordered me out. I said, Sanam wants to live with you.
3: Yes, they are my family now, not you.
2: She said, keep the pollution in your house.
3: A, A woman would say that? Oh, God. She's being honest to her heart. My family would always want me, no matter what.
1: Don't, dear. Stop crying and forget about Zorab's family.
3: Forget about your family.
1: Now we are your family. I'm your mother, and he's your father. Kazim, tell her you're her father. I'm your father. Nothing else.
2: Nothing else.
1: There, he said it. You have no one else. Try to love us.
2: Even if it feels strange, say yes to whatever your mother says.
1: Yes, mother. Let me tell you the rest of my rules. During the daylight hours, do not leave your room. Don't even look out the window. My cleaning lady is reliable, but don't talk to her too much. Make your night into day. Eat, talk, and sleep. If you need a sleeping powder, I have a huge supply since I got married. Thank you. The curtains are drawn. Keep them that way. You are our daughter. Only, I don't see how that
3: can be. You don't. I am the daughter of war. The daughter of a nation that has blood on its hands. Your nation. Our blood. We
2: have nothing to do with that.
3: Exactly! You have done nothing. If people like you had done something, this country would be human. We are killed, we are tortured, we are expelled, and still you do nothing. Yes, you give me shelter, but it means nothing. Because to people like you, Armenians mean nothing. I am not ungrateful, but this nothing you give me is like spitting in my face. What do you want, then? Plunge a bullet in every Turkish head.
2: Do that. Plunge a bullet into every Turkish head. Start with me. Plunge a bullet into my head.
3: Hand in my head. Turks took away everyone I knew. And now Turks are giving me shelter like a refugee where I can live in peace as long as I keep my lips sealed. You don't have to.
1: Your lips are not sealed.
3: You are free to say
1: whatever you want. You are free to do whatever you want. You are free to go and die. Plunge a bullet into every head, an eye for an eye. What will that do? You'll die
3: inside each time you kill. They killed Zorab in front of my eyes. I will never see him standing before me. Or feel his embrace. He died for me. Now his family rejects me, even though they know that in a few months I will bring another life into this world. You cannot go out. You'll be killed. Don't you want your
2: line to continue? Yes! We are giving you the only choice. We have offered you a safe space. Take the time to heal and think.
0: Kazim gestures to Miriam to withdraw from the room with him.
1: You will adjust. You'll understand, if we bolt the door, it is for your own protection."
0: Miriam and Colonel Kazim leave Sanam's room. As they close the door, Miriam locks it from the outside. In front of Sanam's ruined family home, Khatra, the vile Turkish soldier who pillaged it, has returned. The house that once stood tall and mighty is now in shambles. Every window is broken, the front steps have been kicked through, and the front door hangs at a 45-degree angle to the ground by only a single hinge. Khatra carelessly is posting a notice on the falling door when Colonel Kazim appears.
2: Who in the Committee of Progress asks you to post this notice? I do what I'm told to. Then I am telling you to get lost.
0: Khatra leaves without hesitation, scurrying off like a mouse. Colonel Kazim takes down the notice and reads it,
2: quickly and begrudgingly. Miriam rushes toward him.
1: There you are.
2: Look at this notice. Sanam's father had a farm in Argana.
1: But he fled. He was not sent on the death march.
2: The death march is a complex matter.
1: What's complex is that Sanam's father had a farm. So? What do the Turks have? Swords. What do you expect? The war is between those who have everything and those who have nothing. Between the peasants who toiled and those who owned the farms.
2: This is no war. This is ethnic cleansing.
1: (sighs) So, how did Sanam's father escape?
2: And how did he give the farm to his cousin before escaping?
1: Were they that close?
2: Maybe he preferred a cousin he hated to the Committee of Progress.
1: What are we going to do about it?
2: You want to say something? Yes. Don't say it. I know already.
1: You know everything.
2: I'll give half of his property to your brother. I'm touched. Better than the Committee of Progress taking over after everything that has happened, right?
1: Speaking of my brother, I think...
2: Uh, You have something more to say?
1: About my nephew?
2: Don't ask for Sanam's hand for him.
1: You want to keep her for yourself?
2: Ah, you're evil.
1: After Rahim, he's the closest relative we have to inherit property. She said she would never marry. That was in the fall, but now she's almost ready to give birth.
2: You know she meant it, so don't ask me about marriage.
1: How will she live without a husband?
2: Better than if she got hitched to your nephew.
1: He's in the import-export business. Do you know anyone in the family who is smarter than him? Besides you, of course.
2: What is he going to do with his current wife?
1: He's through with her.
2: My answer is no, and if you pester me... I'll take back half of the farm property I promised your brother.
0: (laughs) Miriam is speechless. Sanam has been staying with Kazim and Miriam for quite some time now. She gave birth to her daughter inside their bedroom, and the walls of Kazim's and Miriam's house are all the little baby girl has ever seen. Despite her time in the house, you could not feel Sanam's presence there by anything in the house at all, except for a little corner where she has kept all her belongings neatly. Sanam is cradling her daughter in the bedroom with the curtains drawn when Colonel Kazim comes in.
3: No word for my father?
2: How can you be sure that he even reached Canada?
3: I wrote to the Canadian government.
2: Therefore what?
3: They will locate him.
2: Even if they do, your father will not write to
3: you. He will, because I know he is looking for my mother and me. That is why
2: he will not write to you.
3: Why do you say that?
2: Because if he did, and he is marked as a sender, and the letters are sent to you, it will be intercepted by the Committee of Progress. If he wrote to Zorab's family, you're better off not going there.
4: And I cannot leave?
2: Because you don't have a passport. To get a passport, you have to submit a birth certificate. But then the
3: authorities will find you. And put me in jail.
2: You can advertise yourself as a male or a bride, as some girls are doing. Maybe some Armenian abroad will pick you up.
3: How dare you suggest that, Uncle Kazim! I'm already married! I
2: know, I know, and naturally, you cannot use my name in your passport application, as no Turk can receive an exit pass.
3: So they keep us here to kill us, one by one, instead of giving us a passport to leave?
2: That's putting it bluntly.
3: Well, if I'm imprisoned here, if my mother is never found, if my father does not find me, all because of your people, if I'm to live in silence and be killed by everything here... Then I wish to save Sima. Sahir, Sima.
2: Maharnes. Sima. How will she live if she doesn't have a Turkish name?
3: Who will she be
2: if she has a Turkish name? Nothing will happen to her if she has a Turkish name.
3: She will become someone she is not. But she will live. I want to send her away. Where? To my father. And she needs to know her father, Zorab. This baby is my connection to Zorab and our ancestors. Turks kill babies one by one, yet deny each death. Sooner or later, they will know who she is and kill her. They want to exterminate our race.
2: She will stay here with us.
3: As what? Uncle Kazim, I was assaulted. I was hurt. Badly hurt. Don't remind me of that, Sam. I thought I would lose this baby, Somehow the baby survived. She is a blessing to me. She is Zorab to me. I have to save her. She's everything to me.
2: I can see that.
3: If she stays here, she will never be able to say who her father is. You saved me and you treat me like your daughter, but how will I tell her it is your people who killed her father? What will she think of you? What will you tell her when she asks you who her father is? Will you tell her the truth? I don't want to put you in that situation. I don't want her to be lied to. If she gets out of this country, she has a better chance of being who she was meant to be.
2: Okay. If that's what you want, there is a way.
3: I will do anything.
2: Your father has a property. Yes. I know people who smuggle children to safety... To relatives or distant relatives. For a price. Where is all your jewelry?
3: Auntie Miriam has it.
2: Where is your money? You have it. I mean, your family property.
3: My father couldn't sell it. There was some dispute.
0: Colonel Kazim pulls out a public notice.
2: This was the dispute. This was posted on your door and on every lamppost. Leave all your belongings, your furniture, your bedding, your artifacts. Close your shops and your businesses with everything inside. Your doors will be sealed with special stamps. On your return, you will get everything you left behind.
3: But he is gone, never to return.
2: Therefore, you should make a list of everything he owns, including livestock.
3: I am the only livestock that is left behind.
2: Don't talk nonsense. Sorry. Make a list and give it to the specified official.
3: Who is the specified official?
2: That would be me. I will buy it. There will be no payment. I don't have that kind of money. But I will use my connections to assume ownership.
3: That means my father will be stripped of his name and his land.
2: But I will save his property from confiscation by the state.
3: So it is the state
2: or you. There is a ten-day limit, and after that, you know there are Turks waiting to move into Armenian quarters.
3: The papers and valuables are in our home in Argana. Everything is buried two feet underground in the small basement room.
2: I'll get that and pay the agent. I will tell the agent to look at your father in Canada and take Sima there. I will instruct him, as the Canadians must have a file on your father, if he ever got there.
3: That's the risk I will take for my baby. I will write to the Canadian government so they know to expect Sima.
2: So be it. I will deliver Sima to the agent.
3: And when my baby finds my father, I will join her. Passport... Or no passport.
2: Don't get me wrong, my child. I'm saving your property from Don't the worst... worry, Uncle
3: Kazim. I understand what you're doing for us.
2: Okay, I'll take her now.
3: Seema, listen, my girl. You're headed across the sea. Uncle Kazim will send you with... Who is this agent?
2: Hussein. Javed Hussein.
0: Sanam kisses and hugs the baby. And then hands her to Kazim with a deepening reluctance. <laughs> She has not yet let anyone else hold her baby, let alone take her.
3: Uncle Hussein will take you to my father, who couldn't take us with him. But now you are going to him, and you will take with you our family tradition.
0: Sanam takes out her locket, rubbing the front of it between her forefinger and thumb. She looks up at Colonel Kazim, then back down at Seema.
3: This locket is given to the eldest girl in the family. I will put it around your neck so that you have a piece of me until we reunite. Remember, my girl, I will not dry my tears until I join you there and we live together.
0: <laughs> we have now heard the full story of Sunom as it was told to Odette by Begum Sahana. Odette's interview with Begum Sahana is not quite finished yet, however, yet you could barely tell. Still sitting in Sahana's living room, Odette stares intensely at Sahana, with the same intrigue and fascination she had when she first began the interview.
3: It's
5: quite a story, Begum Sahana. Do you want to take a break? No, I'm fine. Sinam sent her baby away. Who knows? There may be thousands
4: of mothers looking for children they've given away. Mothers always look for their children. Yes. Colonel Kazim proved to be a good man. Finally, Sinam called him Papa and he called her my child. Together, they formed a safe house to help Armenians. The kind of house you run. He saved my money from the government and invested in building this house to help women. My money? Even though that angered the government? Still, he didn't budge. Hold on. You said- my money. He died young. Peace be upon you, Papa. Papa? May you rest in peace. Oh, my God. Yes, I am Sinam. My name is Sinam. My mother's name was Dashkuhi, and my father's name was Henrik. He had gone to live in Canada and was waiting for my mother and me to join him. When Colonel Kazim saved me from the rapist and brought me to his home, he asked me, Remember your name? I said Sinam. And he said, from tomorrow, it will be Sahana. He asked me to change my name. I did. He asked me to hand over my family property. I did. He asked me not to speak Armenian. I didn't. He asked me to change my religion. I did. Because he really wanted me to live. And I wanted to live to join my daughter. So I converted. I was not a Muslim, but I had to become one. Oh... My god. That night, I was with Zorab, dreaming the dreams when the violence erupted. I was confined, tortured, and raped. I felt I was no longer a human being. I wanted to kill myself, but I didn't because I had to care- take care of my daughter.
5: I've stopped asking why man is capable of the unimaginable.
3: I never did find my mother. Nor did I. Men carried machetes and spears, the ones
5: they used to hunt the animals. They abducted and raped and laughed and yelped with joy. Our bodies became their battleground. Women were taken from wash tubs, children were snatched out of bed, family meals were abandoned and half eaten, and children were taken from schoolrooms, leaving their schoolbooks open. Even women who had just given birth were forced to leave their beds.
4: So there is my story. Now I've said it. To you, I've revealed who I am. But why now? I couldn't live with a secret anymore. Do you hate what the Turks did to you? I feel the hurt, not the hatred. God will judge the Turks, not me. How can you forgive? Take it from an old woman. Don't fill your heart with hatred. They killed my people because they hated us. I don't want to be like them. Hatred is like acid. It burns through the container it lives in. Let go of bad memories.
5: How do you live when your life has been turned upside down?
4: This is the only life I have. I want to meet with my family in this life. Maybe there's an afterlife. I'll be too old to enjoy it. But for now, time is running out for me. I want to take. I want you to make a promise to me. Anything. If I don't see my family, you tell them I remembered them every day. I lived for them. I will. And make me one more promise. I promise. Don't let them bury me as someone I am not. Don't let them erase my birth fathers and my birth mother's names from my eulogy. Don't let them erase my Christian heritage. I survived as Sahana. I want to die as Sinan. I want to die as who I was born.
5: I promise. I bless you. What happened to the agent who brought your daughter to Canada?
4: He vanished. No one heard from him. The address he gave us was not good.
5: Why did you never look for Seema?
4: I've been doing that. Why do you think I made you promise to find her? Because I love her. And as the days pass, I love her even more. But I couldn't trace my father. I stand against men who deny history. When those men write history, their privilege is what they choose to ignore. There are hundreds of girls like me living in silence, hiding who they are. I get together with them. I take them to court. We speak Armenian. We we sing Armenian songs. And we pray together. I'm helping them make sense of their situation. The more I help these women, the more I feel I'm getting closer to my daughter.
0: Odette hugs Sahana, strongly and tightly, before letting go. And that is where Odette's film ends. Now let us return back to 1996 Montreal. Cooper and Odette have just finished watching her documentary with Begum Sahana together. The day has ended, and nightfall has left Cooper's office dark, except for the light of the computer screen they have watched the documentary off of.
2: Unbelievable. Now I understand your obsession. So what's next?
5: I'll edit together all the other interviews I did and piece them together with the trail of breadcrumbs she left me.
2: So how can I help?
5: I checked entries from all the ships that sailed to Canada that year. Why? Because a hundred years ago, the sea was the exit route. The name of the agent that took her child was Hussein, and there were a handful of Husseins that exited that ship.
2: Uh, we will see what we have on Husseins in our files.
5: And on Sinam's father.
2: The list is short and her father isn't among them.
5: But Sahana wrote letters asking for her father's whereabouts to your department.
2: A hundred years ago.
5: I'm talking about her right to receive a reply. Why did no one reply to her letters?
2: I wasn't working here a hundred years ago.
5: This may be a case of disappearance.
2: Disappearance?
5: Yes, Cooper. We may be talking about an abduction here.
2: Why didn't anyone follow up if a crime was committed?
5: Why would they? She was just a girl.
2: Let's trace this man, Hussein. How? I'll get you access to the uh, archives. That'll help. In the meantime, let's check the database. Cooper opens up the
0: database on his computer. Odette leans over his shoulder, examining the title of every paper,
2: until Cooper remarks. Okay, the refugee class of 1925.
5: But Hussein wasn't a refugee, he was Turkish.
2: This is the category where people lie.
5: Let's search.
2: Refugee, year range 1910 to 1925. Okay, sort by country, Turkey, sort by last name, Hussein. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, there's only one Hussein. He was admitted with a female child under a humanitarian clause.
5: Humanitarian? This man must have been a seasoned liar.
2: Don't quote me, but refugees, they lie under oath. Odette stares at him. I didn't mean you, Odette.
5: Alright. According to my research, this man took money from Sahana, but did not deliver her daughter to her father. How did an abductor become a refugee?
0: Cooper jots down the file ID, calls up another window, and enters the file number.
2: Okay, let me go to his written statement. Okay, there it is. His written statement says he feared for the safety of his family and said he had defied the government. So if he went back, he and his daughter would be killed.
5: His daughter?
2: I know this routine. He declared himself a refugee because he knew he wouldn't be admitted as a business professional. And then, to make his case stronger, he presented the girl... Uh, as his daughter, to give himself more humanitarian leverage.
5: So finally, it was the little Armenian girl, Sima, that earned him the right to stay.
2: Which is why he never contacted Sahana or her father or the colonel.
5: Because if he did, he would lose the girl.
2: And his right to stay in Canada.
5: Bloody Turks! I'm sorry.
2: I'm going to get one of my staff to track down where the daughter is and obtain permission to question those I deem necessary.
5: Will you allow me to search through archives?
2: Yes, I'll call them down and tell them to expect you. Over many weeks, Cooper and Odette
0: scour every resource they can to find the missing Armenian daughter. Cooper reaches out to all his contacts and repeatedly questions them. Meanwhile, Odette spends all her time at the library getting kicked out until the librarians let her stay at night.
2: Mr. Osgood, Reed Cooper here. Surviving. I sent a woman by the name of Odette Uwera your way. Yes, Uera. No, 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 nothing like that. I want you to grant her access to the departmental archives. No, no, not the database, the physical records. Yes, your urgent approval is requested. Yes, I'm aware of that. Thanks.
0: And after long last, Odette returns to Cooper's office, practically skipping, despite the heavy box she holds in her arms. Without knocking on the door, she rushes in and drops the box heavily on his desk.
5: Mr. Cooper... What do you do when someone writes you a letter?
0: What did you find? She pours the contents from the box onto his desk. Unopened letters come spilling out and scatter across his desk and the floor.
5: Nobody ever bothered to open these. How do you know? The letters are still sealed, glued.
0: That's embarrassing. Criminal. Open them. They open the envelopes, crowding their heads together to read the letters at the same time.
5: She wrote several letters. She's pleading for help to find her father. Letter after letter. Unopened. Same request, no reply.
2: Well, we are foreign affairs, aren't we?
0: Odette opens a heavier envelope, from which a smaller envelope falls.
5: Cooper, it's all here. How she sent her daughter with Hussein, how he was supposed to contact your department. They could have verified her daughter's identity. All they had to do was open the letter, and everything would have been so different. This is an omission of criminal proportions.
2: I'd like to say that this is the worst blunder my department has made, but... We both know that's not true.
5: We've got to find out where Mr. Hussein is.
2: I'll get someone working on it.
5: And what he did with the girl.
2: Right away.
0: After long last, Cooper and Odette identify Ismat, a young woman in Montreal. She is the granddaughter of Sanam, the child of her long-lost daughter. Odette quickly pinpoints her location and address, determined to speak with her and keep her promise to Sanam, a kind woman who was once called Sahana. Odette was determined to tell her about her grandmother, about her heroism, about her kindness, about her bravery and selflessness, about her story, about her trauma, about the truth. And after arriving at Ismont's house and sitting in the bright living room, that is exactly what she did. But her words fell on empty ears, because to Ismont, This
6: has to be some kind of a sick joke. This is not your grandmother. I'm sorry.
5: Your grandmother is someone else. Her name was Sinam.
0: Odette shows Ismat numerous photos of Sinam. Photos where she is young and 19. Photos she took during the interview with her in her old age, and many others.
5: This is your grandmother as I knew her. This is your grandmother when she was 19. You look just like her.
0: Ismat pushes the photos away from her, looking over Odette's shoulder.
6: I know my grandmother. Do you not care what happened to her in Turkey? Everything I need to know about Turkey I learned from my grandfather ever wonder what your grandfather did in turkey before coming here he came as a young man and built a new life here
5: did he ever tell you how many brothers and sisters he had
6: that is a private question
5: did you not wonder why he never sat you down and said i want to tell you about the old country like immigrants do the villages he came from the place he played as a child the incredible mountains and mighty rivers well did he did he tell any of that to your mother or your father What would that prove? That he didn't want to pass on his guilt to his
6: children. What guilt? Helping Turkey to Turkify the country. He said Turkey was protecting her culture. So he did talk about it. When I was a child, kids teased me. They called me a dirty Turk, and Grandpa was there when I came home crying. He explained that some people hated Turks because they were strong enough to protect their country. By getting rid of Armenians, He said it was a war of relocation. It was deportation. Turkey had to suppress rebellion.
5: People were deported to their death. That
6: is just fear-mongering.
5: Fear is why your grandfather never went back
6: to Turkey. He was too busy building a life for us here.
5: He was afraid the truth would come out. Because if he went back, Colonel Kazim would ask what he did with Sahana's baby. That
6: crazy old lady again? How convenient it is that she revealed this secret just before her death. What a perfect plan. It's a tragedy that
5: she died before I could find you. I know she would have liked to tell you herself and to see the future in your
6: eyes. Why do you worry about my future? Because, just like her, I survived genocide. Then worry about that. Armenians and Turks are nothing like Hutus and Tutsis. The phone says it is that Reed Cooper. What more does this man want from me? You should take the call. Yes, Mr. Cooper. Yes, she's here. I don't mind if you come on down and take her away. Yes, you can talk to her. Sorry, I wasn't expecting this.
5: This better be important. Now? Well, I'm listening to- Well, I'm about to get the- Oh. Oh, really? Well, alright. Yes, you said that. I see. As soon as I can. Sorry, Ismat. Something unthinkable has happened.
6: Tell me about it. I
5: don't have much time.
6: I don't want to delay you. I wanted to tell you the truth. But you don't have time.
0: Covering Ismat's hands with her own, Odette hands a package to Ismat and smiles slightly at her.
6: This is yours. Everything you must know about your grandma is in here. Does that mean I'm accepting your story? It's your story. I don't accept it.
0: Ismat pushes the package back to Odette, retracting her hands and crossing her arms.
5: Look, there isn't much
6: time. They're coming to get me.
2: Hello, Reed Cooper, Foreign Affairs.
6: It has been just that kind of a day. Please don't mind me.
2: Cooper pulls
0: Odette aside and harshly whispers,
2: We received a communication from the Rwandan Embassy.
5: You send that on the phone.
2: Who is Xavier?
5: He was my fiancé.
2: He was RPF.
5: Okay, so now you know I lied.
2: Are you a Hutu? Why do you ask? Answer the question, Odette. Are you a Hutu?
5: Yes, pure Hutu.
2: What the hell, Odette? What the hell?
5: As you said, Cooper, refugees lie. Why did you? I was just trying to survive.
2: My department will reopen your file.
5: I suppose it had to happen eventually.
2: What is the truth, Odette?
5: I'm alive. That is the truth.
2: Xavier was an important Tutsi. I know that. And the Rwandan government want to know who killed him.
5: They already know.
2: If you want me to help you, give me the truth.
5: Xavier was a Tutsi in the RPF. I'm an Hutu. He was my fiancé. The Amway caught us together. They asked what I was doing with an Inenzi, A cockroach. They said I was a traitor and asked if I'd slept with him. I said... Would you talk to your sister like that? One slapped me across the face and said, Don't insult my sister. She would never fuck a cockroach. Xavier came to defend me. That's when they cracked his head open with knacks. I fainted. When I woke up, I was naked and bleeding in between my legs in indescribable pain. Xavier was laying beside me, dead. I covered myself with his jacket. In his jacket, I found his identity card. I glued my photo on his ID card, scratched his name off, and ran. I ran and kept running until I found myself at the Congolese border. The officer there gave me refugee status, saying Twizzies would be accepted. He didn't verify the ID card. I didn't reveal that I was Hutu. I stole my fiancé's status to survive. I have become my fiancé's assassin.
2: I, I don't know what I can do.
5: Stop
6: your government from deporting me.
2: I don't think that's possible. I'll try. But for now, you'll have to come with me.
6: She's not going anywhere now. Not until I'm finished with her.
2: We don't have much time. I want to take you to the CIC officers before they come for you.
6: Please, Cooper. We just need a moment more.
2: Cooper steps
0: outside as he waits for Odette to wrap up.
6: You barge into my house. You tell me my grandfather is a liar. That my life is a lie. That my mother lived a lie. And guess who is lying? Someone has her own secret.
5: Yes, says Matt. All of us who have survived genocide have secrets. My secret is that I'm a Hutu, but I came to tell you yours. You're the granddaughter of an incredible woman. She was an Armenian Christian, and she was silenced. Until you found her? Silence is broken when there is someone trustworthy who will listen. Maybe in her old age, she was talking to herself. Yes, she was. That's how she kept her inner voice. Talking to herself is how she remembered everything that happened hundreds of years ago in my film, Ismat, on the names of places and people from the past. It's your past too, Ismat, and as long as you refuse to let in the truth, you remain complicit in what they did. I'm not asking you to believe me, just to listen. Listen to what? What do you really know about back then? Who are your people? Who are you to ask me the question? I am the woman who shared your grandmother's soul. I am the woman who knows firsthand the, cult- the cost of cultural pride run amok, and I am the woman who is offering you the truth. Your grandmother lived as someone who she was not. She did so because she wanted to bear witness, to grieve, and to help all those who were silenced. She reconciled them with their history, but she also reconciled me to myself. Is my your grandmother helped me to find the strength to break my silence? She gave me the confidence that I am the only wo- I'm not the only one living a hidden identity. There are thousands of us, and now I'm trying to return the favor by giving you a chance to do the same.
6: It's easy for you. You were there. You know the truth, and you were as much of a victim as your fiancé. His name was Xavier, and there's nothing easy about this.
5: While I did not wield the axe, it was swung because of me. Ismat, Xavier was slaughtered because of me, because I loved him.
6: So what happens to
5: you now? My secret is finally out, and I feel relieved. In keeping the secrets surrounding the deaths of my family, I have negated their lives. I'm ready to face whatever comes. It was a long road here, but whatever happens next, my denial ends. And so must yours, if you are willing.
0: Odette hands Ismat the package containing Sahana's letters, the photos, and a copy of her film.
5: This is your inheritance.
0: Ismont hesitantly takes the package. Odette starts to leave. Wait. She does not have much time.
6: Let her stay a moment longer, please.
0: Cooper moves away and waits again. Odette stands watching Ismont, who opens the package and pulls out the film and the letters. For what feels like a while, she holds one of the letters in her hands. She's completely still, except for the slight rise and fall of her chest as she breathes. Finally, she unfolds the letter and begins to read.
6: Dear Sir, this letter is of utmost importance. I bring to your attention that I have sent my baby daughter Siman to Canada with Mr. Javed Hussein. He will contact you for my father's address, about whom I have written to you many times. With your help, Mr. Hussein will deliver my daughter to my father. To identify my daughter, I have included her picture. I have also included a picture of myself wearing the locket that my daughter now has around her neck.
0: With shaking hands, Ismot turns the photo around, and upon looking at it gasps. Her right hand comes up to her mouth, while her left hand brings the photo closer to her face. Though tears begin to water her eyes, Odette notices a shy little smile beneath Ismot's hand.
6: It is a family heirloom worn by the girls of my family. I thank you with all my sincerity. Most gratefully, Sinam.
0: Odette and Ismont look at each other. Odette opens up her mouth as if to say something, but nothing comes. No words could honor a moment like this. Ismaud understands and gives Odette a small, slow nod of her head. I'm sorry, Odette, but we need to go.
6: No, please, wait
0: her head dancing back and forth between Odette and another letter in her hands, Ismat opens a second letter and begins to read.
6: Dear Simon, it is with a heavy heart that I part from you. It's only in loving you more than life itself that I find the strength to let you go. It is my sincere hope that we will be reunited again.
0: Like the opening of the letter, the past is opened into the future. As Ismont continues reading the letter, Her grandmother grows to life in her heart and mind. Sanam, Begum Sahana, is brought back to life in a small way, through her granddaughter, through Ismat.
6: It is important for you to know that although violence and hate now force our separation, you were born of love. Your father, Zorab, loved me so much that he died so that we may live. The locket you now wear is a symbol of all the love and hope I send with you. Wear it proudly, knowing that it links you back to me and to the proud family that is your heritage. So many have perished, but your survival, free and unencumbered of the hate that now shapes my life, ensures that our family and our people live on.
0: Ismat stares at the letter, tears beginning to form. She clings to the locket that she wears around her neck.
2: Odette, you don't have much time.
5: I made your grandma a promise, and I delivered my promise. What happens to you now? You make me a promise. Arrange another funeral for your grandma. Read her real obituary to the world. You'd go to Rwanda? To tell the truth there, too. Truth is in my film. Show it
6: to the world. I promise.
0: Ismat reads over her letters again, skimming her fingers along the photographs and the neatly done handwriting. She kisses her locket. There is nothing but determination on her face.